Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners and resident-owned communities. Brought to you by Rock USA. I'm Paul Bradley. And I'm Mike Bullard. Hey, before we jump into today's interview, we have a bit of news to pass along. It's election season for the Rock Association. The Rock Association is accepting nominations for the New England Region Director position through November 30th, 2021. A few episodes ago, Paul interviewed outgoing New England Director Kim Capen. If you're interested in learning more about what the position is like, we highly recommend checking out that episode. If you'd like to learn more about running for the position, please visit rockusa.org slash rock hyphen association, and we'll be sure to drop that link in the show notes as well. Great, Mike. Thanks. We have two great guests for you today. That's right, two. We're being joined by Carol Hodgkins of Wardtown Mobile Home Cooperative and Bobby Grubb of Pommel Creek Estates. Both serve as co-chairs of the Rock Association's Outreach and Education Committee. The Outreach and Education Committee was launched at the 2019 Rock Leadership Institute and provides peer-to-peer support networks for resident-owned communities and communities considering becoming a Rock. Since launching, committee members have presented at national and regional conferences, they've offered direct support to new board members at Rocks across the country, and they've attended meetings to provide first-hand experience for resident groups exploring purchasing their own communities. Mike, I cannot wait for our listeners to learn more about the Outreach and Education Committee. Let's dive right in. It is wonderful to have you both with us today. Uh, Listeners are going to really enjoy hearing about your personal journeys uh, here to Ownership Matters, and they're going to love to uh, hear you talk about your own leadership in your community. So let's start by uh, sharing a little bit about yourselves. Uh, Carol, uh, can we start with you? Uh, Sure. Where do you live and how is it you came to live in the co-op? I live in Wardtown Mobile Home Co-op in Freeport, Maine, and my husband and I have lived here for over 20 years. So we were here when when the uh, community became a co-op. Excellent. And, and where did you move from? Were you always a Mainer? Oh, for most of my life, yes. <laughs> we took a little... I used to say that Bill was a gypsy because he liked moving around, <laughs> but for most, for the most part, we uh, we have lived in Maine. Great. Maybe our listeners around the country won't agree with me on this, Carol, but you do not have a thick Maine accent oh, from uh, to my you. ear. But uh, <laughs> so I didn't know if you were a lifetimer up there in Maine. Wonderful. And Bobby, how about you? What uh, whereabouts are you, and and what brought you to to the co-op? in Pamela Creek Estates in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I actually lived in the co-op as a renter before we became a co-op and purchased my home, and we've lived here for about, I want to say, 12 years, maybe, and we became a co-op in 2016, so I was on the intern board then, and great way to go through the purchasing process. Excellent. Great. Now, Carol, you and your husband, Bill, leaned in early, both in your community up there just around the corner from L.L. Bean, of course, (laughs) uh, and in the state of Maine and now nationally. Both of you regulars at the Rock Leadership Institute, and Bill is active on the Policy and Advocacy Committee of the Rock Association. Can you tell the Ownership Matters listeners what you both have experienced and gained from attending the Leadership Institute? Well, for me, 
it was the spot that I first moved outside of my comfort zone. The first, I went to the last CLI just before the first RLI, and it was in Los Angeles, and they were going around to each of the different communities, and they said, oh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So when it came to Wardtown, Bill and I stood up, and Bill gave about a 30-second little blurb, and then he said, and now this is my wife, and she's going to introduce herself. So <laughs> that was my my first experience. And when I got over the shock of having to stand up in front of all those people, I did my thing and sat down. I do not like being center of attention. He, on the other hand, does. So <laughs> we kind of balance each other out. But we have both made a whole lot of friends. And we just really enjoy being able to network with all of the other rock leaders. Yeah, that that last uh, community leadership institute in LA was at the time the largest number of rock residents ever ever to come together like that. Uh, until we launched the Rocks Only Rock Leadership Institute the next year, or six or eight months later, it was less than a year, I think. And all of a sudden, we were we were going from bringing what forty five or fifty rock leaders together to welcoming over a hundred. Uh, that was that was a wild change and. and and boy, what a difference it has made. Now, Bobby, you too have attended the Leadership Institute. And specifically, you've taken some classes on making presentations and facilitating group decision making. Can you tell our listeners some of some about what you've learned? And, and when we say classes, what is a Leadership Institute class like in your experience? It's a lot to learn. It's gotten, it's almost confident boosting in a sense because Taking those classes for me, even the leadership classes in himself, have actually helped me at my job to be a leader in my job. So it's got built my confidence in my leadership, worked on my confidence in my leadership, and I mean, just helped me in itself public speaking. I never thought I would get out and do podcasts or video chats or go to other communities and speak especially getting up at the rock rli and by myself and describing my community that was a huge step for me too because like carol said i don't like to draw attention to myself well you trial by fire you've learned to do it really well what do you do for work bobby i actually work for a grocery store chain that's here in the wisconsin state of wisconsin we grew from eight stores when I started almost 20 years ago to over 30 stores statewide. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. And and can you just think of one way off the off the cuff here of how how that's helped you at work? How the how the Leadership Institute has helped you at work? Well, like I said, build confidence being able to speak. They do leadership courses at work too. So combining the two has helped great and just being able to discuss different ways of leadership too. Well, that's great. Well, our listeners won't wouldn't see the double thumbs up I gave you when you uh, said that, uh, Bobby, but just really wonderful to hear and congratulations. And I think it is how this experience, you know, uh, we've had this 
with co-op treasurers that have gotten promotions at their at their banks for their role in the co-op. Uh, to, to name an old uh, co-op member that comes to mind, but a uh, number of times people have reflected on the impact on their work and very positively. So that's really great to hear. I was delighted to hear that. So just wonderful here. So now uh, in 2019, the association directors and uh, I recall. Carol and Bill in the audience for this one, really worked hard to build some interest in a couple of national committees, uh, one being policy and advocacy that Mike mentioned earlier, and uh, outreach and education. And you two have courageously stepped forward to be the founding co-chairs of the Outreach and Education Committee. And you've been involved quite a bit already um, in, a, in some really interesting things. So one, thank you for stepping up. Uh, very much appreciate that. And really interested to hear you talk about some of the activities of the committee. What uh, what have you guys been up to? Well, I'll jump in. <laughs> Please. We have spoken at RLI this past, this past uh, C course, <laughs> the Rock 101, and we have done several video Zoom calls or ring centrals with potential resident-owned communities. We've sat in and done a couple uh, TA or the technical assistance that we have for the rock communities. I know I've at least done a, one of those where we've instructed new TAs to come in that are coming in to help us with rock communities. We've sat in, I've taken a call with just one-on-one -on -one secretary with another community and helped guide a new secretary into their position. We've done quite a few different uh, conferences where we've discussed and uh, what the Outreach and Education Committee is in a whole. And that I know coming up, I we got a new one for right here, the NCF, North Country Cooperative Foundation we're doing the Common Ground Council. Great. So um, the Common Ground Council. So is this a, a nonprofit organization that you're speaking to? Or what, what is that, Bobby? NCF is our TA provider here in the Midwest between Minnesota, Wisconsin, and they're looking into Iowa. They help do protect our technical um, assistance with us in the rock communities, becoming a rock community. And they have a council, conference every year with all of us here, all of us communities. So they asked the Outreach and Education Committee to come in. Great. So will some members of the committee be doing a workshop or are you advising on the agenda and topics? Uh, we're facilitating one of the actual courses that how to in bring in board new board members or so. That's great. And it sounds like from what you said, mentoring new board members uh, is, is a definite part of what you're doing. But I'm really curious, Bobby or Carol, when you talk to these groups that are forming, that are considering going down the resident ownership path, what are some of the questions that come up routinely? And, you know, what, how are you how are you describing what it's like to live in Iraq and and sell not sell it, but tell the truth here about why it's why it's better uh, than it was before you were Iraq? Common questions are: What's my rent going to be? 
if we do this, you know, are we going to be able to stay a rock and be able to keep up and everything like that? And I mean, being on the interim, it's very frustrating sitting in that meeting and signing your papers and everything else. So I, I just basically said, it's the most liberating thing when you sign that dotted line and the community becomes yours and you own it and you don't have to worry about finding a new place to live or the whole property being gone. You make the rules too and you enforce them. Couldn't have written that better myself. You hit the, the <laughs> you know, right? The, the two big ones we hear the most often, right? Security and financial stability. I mean, those are numbers one and two, without a doubt. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious about uh, other members of the committee um, as co chairs. I, how many, uh, Carol, how many uh, volunteers make up the committee? And what have been some of the activities of, of your committee members? We have three, all three of the Rock Association directors that are part of our committee, as well as four or five regular members. Great. And um, have some of those committee members uh, undertaken other activities, participated in other, uh, be they presentations, workshops, what have you? Yeah, a lot of times it's several of us on the committee that will sit in on these. Okay. Nancy, our secretary, has done several. I think that Susanna has done a couple. So it, it's been, it's usually more than one of us. And uh, and we just finished up the Rock Leadership Institute. And uh, Bobby, I think you said you participated in some of the Rock 101 trainings. Can you give our listeners a feel for what a Rock 101 training is? Uh, includes what's that involve it actually kind of broke down the whole process of iraq the rules going through the bylaws which really helped kind of refresh my memory on some things we did financials which i don't completely understand probably never will but uh math isn't my forte in a, in itself but breaking down the budget and the financials basically the rock association in itself and what what you are a part of and not not reinventing everything all on your own great and carol did you participate as well in the rock 101s or were you at part of other parts of the institute i was at other parts of the institute um there were several of them and the one that impressed me the most was where it was the Officers like the there was treasurers and secretaries and presidents. I think there was one vice president that was there and we broke up into small groups and we just talked about um, what we would tell somebody who would be taking over our spot. And when they broke us into groups, it was presidents over here, vice presidents over here. So you were with the le the same leader from another uh, community. So it was really nice. And we had, as far as the presidents were concerned, we had somebody there who had been a president over several terms. And 
we had one who had only been president for two weeks. So <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> that is great. And of course, this was all online here in uh, here we are in the summer of 2021. So this was all online. How how was it being on uh, Zoom and participating in these small groups? Actually, it worked out well. Because the groups were so small, you could see everybody's face all at once. So it was like you were in person, but not exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it still pales in comparison to being in person, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, but it's a it's it's a reasonable substitute, and and the commute time is a lot less. So we've got that going for us. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we do hope to be back in person at Southern New Hampshire University in the summer of 2022 and beyond. Uh, and I, I for one, very much look forward to it. Remarkably, this is probably the first year in uh, in decades. Uh, I've been in one, two, my well, the co-op my mother lives in, uh, I've been in routinely through the pandemic, but uh, only two other co-ops during the actual pandemic. Uh, that's uh, So I miss getting out into communities and talking to co-op leaders and members. Uh, so I love the Institute for that. I get to visit community leaders from across the country in one fell swoop. It's fabulous. Right. Yeah. It's one thing I miss. Miss just everybody, seeing everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the small conversations. It's the, you know, conversation over lunch, those opportunities to walk walk someplace with someone uh, that uh, you just don't get, right, when we're all organized online. Uh, but I right. do think the breakout groups is a good way to do it. So you get smaller groups and you can have more time to talk. And I do, it's one of the things uh, at the Institute, that peer-to-peer uh, relationship building that you talked about earlier, Carol. It's what co-op leaders have always appreciated about coming together for regional or, in this case, national training opportunities. It's really the peer-to-peer -peer connections. Yeah, it is. One of the things I know the Outreach and Education Committee has on its agenda is a willingness to attend and, or speak at membership meetings of co-ops, uh, really anywhere in the country. You guys have, um, you guys have some geographic diversity to your group. How do co-op leaders get in touch with you if they were interested in uh, someone from Outreach and Education making a presentation at a membership meeting? We have an actual spot on the Rock USA website that you can go on and click, and it will send an email out to Carol and I, also Mary O'Hara, who kind of facilitates with our meetings too. And she's, people can contact her. Wonderful. So we'll put a link to that, uh, that request button uh, in the show notes for any listeners that want to connect with Carol or Bobby and, and try to arrange a time for a, uh, a presentation. Wonderful. Thank you. Clearly the Outreach and Education Committee has uh, a good number of early wins under your belt already. And that's wonderful because really you're pretty much close to the start of, of of figuring out what these committees are going to do and what things are going to look like down the road. But take us, if you will, uh, take us, give us a little look at what the rest of 2021 and 2022 are going to look like. What what do you, as the committee, uh, hope to accomplish? Well, I think that one of the big things is just getting the word out about how great it is to live in a resident-owned community um, and about how a lot of us have been where the newer people are now. So sometimes they have questions like, how do I deal with 
someone in our co-op that speeds through. You know, it, that's something we could toss around. Well, in this in this community, we do it this way, and somebody else will speak up and say, well, over here, we do it another way. So that is one thing that I that I look forward to doing is getting the just getting information out, the correct information. Bobby, before you jump in, I want to ask a follow-up, quick follow-up to Carol. You specifically said get the correct information out. I'm curious, what are you finding when you talk to folks that what are you finding that needs correction? What what is the information out there that's that's maybe not getting out there the way it should be? Well, one thing is that, you know, they all people always think that the board of directors and the members of the community are two different factions, and they're not. They are the same bunch of people. The other thing they seem to forget is that the board of directors are volunteers, just like somebody who goes and sits and answers the telephone in the office. We don't get paid for that. We do it because we want our community to succeed. Those are just two two examples that I thought of right off the top of my head. They're good ones. How about you, Bobby? What do you think the committee should be, or what do you hope the committee is going to do in the next year, year and a half? Kind of like Carol said, you know, just informing more people about what rock is and hopefully building our rock communities to more than what we have right now across the nation, getting more states involved and with the rock in itself. So, I mean, Carol pretty much hit it right on the head for what the next year we're hoping to do. That is great. I'd love to just have you to think way in the future, like 10 years out. What might you imagine for the Rock Association and the committees and potentially more committees than we see today? What do you see? What, what might you imagine the Rock Association could be up to 10 years from now? would also be nice to see members training members to take some of the pressure off of Rock USA and the association directors to have either the outreach and education committee or maybe a separate committee that is set up just to train but it it would just make it easier for Tell me this can you imagine presidential candidates wanting to come and speak at the Rock Leadership Institute? That would be awesome. That would be really awesome. Do you think that's realistic? In the future, yeah. All right. Why not? I love it. Exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, why not? It's great. That's great. You know, um, thank you both so much. This has been wonderful and, and just getting more information out about the Outreach and Education Committee and the opportunities that co-ops and other organizations uh, have in bringing uh, the real deal to uh, presentations, to introductory calls or meetings. There is a resource for people to reach directly to co-op leaders, and you guys can speak your truth. And I just love that uh, open-door policy that, uh, that you have and we have, and thank you for stepping up. Mike and I like to conclude each of the podcasts with really just an opportunity for co-op leaders to reflect a little bit on their own personal leadership and what uh, you're both successful leaders in your communities. 
what are your what are some of your guiding principles? What are some of your core beliefs that you operate with as you you know serve on your board of directors and provide leadership in your community? Carol, anything you'd like to share with our listeners as they think about their own roles in their communities? I think the biggest thing for me is to try and treat everybody in the community and on my board the way I want to be treated with respect, um, make sure I listen to them and really listen, not just hear them and, oh, yeah, it goes in one ear and out the other, but to actually take the time to listen to them. That's great. You know, the golden rule, I think, has a basic uh, chapter in any book on leadership. And and frankly, it may be the only chapter needed in, in many respects. Uh, that's really great, Carol. Thank you. And Bobby, how about you? What 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 do you hold as, as really critical, you know, for every co-op leader to be thinking about? Don't be afraid to ask questions. I, I mean, I don't know anything myself, not everything myself, so I can't be afraid to ask the questions why are we pursuing this lawsuit? Why are we evicting this person? Why are we spending this money? So don't be afraid to ask the questions, important questions, because they're spending not just your money, but the everybody's money in the community. Or we're enforcing all the rules. Why are we enforcing this rule? Is it legal? You know, ask the important questions as to why, who, what, where, when, why and really listen and understand what's going on. Uh, I think that's great as well. You two nailed it. Yeah, I, I often say, Bobby, that uh, I'm doing my best work when I'm asking questions and I'm, when I'm harried and just providing answers and and uh, sh- just sharing my opinion. I'm not doing as good a work as I could be if I just stop and ask some questions. And then everybody, we, we all build it together and better ideas uh, get surfaced in that process. So good for you. Really a lot of fun having you two here today. And thank you so much for all you're doing, both in your communities and for really co-ops throughout the network. Uh, It's really important and I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you. And thank you for having us. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. Couldn't agree more. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Carol and Bobby. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow, what a great conversation with Carol and Bobby. I'm always inspired by leaders who volunteer not only their own time in their own communities, but on the national level too, Mike. Exactly, Paul. Their passion for expanding resident ownership is contagious. That brings up a point that we don't cover in the conversation. The Outreach and Education Committee is looking for additional members. If you're interested in sharing your experiences as a rock leader with others across the country, head on over to the Rock Association website. That's rockusa.org slash rock hyphen association to learn more. There's a button at the bottom of the page for new members. Simply click that and let them know who you are. That's right. They welcome new committee volunteers all the time, and they're doing some great work. I hope many more of you will join them. As do I. And thanks for joining us for today's episode of Ownership Matters. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Talk soon. Talk soon.